the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rody Fisher. Okay, we're in <clears throat> Psalm 27. I can't believe we're moving right along here. So this morning, I'm going to just tell you straight out, I am in the same clothes um, for the last three days. Now, these shows are taped all on the same day, and we are at a church that's having a conference. So I thought I'd really be on the road by asking the conference speakers or the guests of the conference to come and do my show. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to be, we're going to, that's why I'm all in the same clothes. I just wanted to say that. We're going to start with Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Well, there's nobody that we can fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. There's no one else we can fear because he's got us covered. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? No, there's nobody we could be afraid of because the Lord is the strength of my life. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come unto me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fell. They stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be in, in this I will be confident. The one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after. All I can think of is a song. I want to sing it now. You know that song, The One Thing That I Seek After? Do, you, do either of you know it? No? Okay. <clears throat> the one thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty, the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. For in the same time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted above thine enemy, mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer this tabernacle, offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, I have mercy also upon me, and answer me. When thou sayest, Seek ye my face, my heart says unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not the face far from me, put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over un unto the will of thy enemies, for fault wit witnesses have risen against me, and such as breath out cruelly. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the, in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. 
Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's a beautiful psalm, again written by David. Thank you for your word, Lord. Give us understanding of your word as we read it daily. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a guest today that I'd like to introduce to you. <coughs> I have known Greg, I'm going to say over 15 years. I remember you at that church in Pomona where you were all dressed up as a Muslim pretending to be a Muslim and it scared us all and um, anyhow that was so much fun my guest speaker today is Greg Maxwell welcome Greg yeah thank you thank you for having me on your show and I really appreciate it it's an uh, honor thank you well I know that we were supposed to have you a couple of months ago yes and things happen and things change, but I'm glad to have you here Thank today. You. Greg, I'd like for you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself so that we can um, know you better. All right. And what I really want you to begin with is where you were born, grew up, how many kids in your family, did you go to church as a child, and if so, where? And also... Were your parents churchgoers too? So, share with us the beginnings of your life. All right, I, I grew up in the city of Belinda, that's in uh, West Covina. Uh, I think you my, might have to talk a little bit louder. All right, I, I grew up in West Covina. Uh, my parents, uh, they weren't Christians, but my grandmother was a solid Christian, uh, a mighty prayer warrior, and she was an influence on my life. Uh, she always would tell us about God, pray with us, and my parents would go ahead and send me to church, but they didn't attend church. Mm -hmm. So uh, she was a big influence on me, and I remember when uh, and I got saved when I was 14. I went to go visit her in Oregon. My brothers, we all got saved. We were filled with the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and uh, from there, uh, I went ahead, came home, started attending a church. Uh, it was a Baptist church. I liked it. And then one day a friend invited me to go to uh, Calvary Chapel. And, uh, Raul Reese? Raul Reese, Calvary Chapel. It was in West Covina at the time. The, yes. the church ended up being in Diamond Bar. But I've been going there for 32 years, and I, I, I love the teaching there. I love my pastors, uh, Raul Reese and Dale, and I love the service and stuff like that. So uh, my brothers are Christians, and now my parents are Christians. My grandmother, she went home to go ahead and be with the Lord and everything, but she laid that foundation for all of us. Beautiful. So, yes. There's always a praying mm -hmm. person in the family, yes. don't you find? Yes. Yeah, she was a Wonderful. mighty prayer warrior. Yes, so. yes, yes. And, you know, the prayers that she prayed for her family, I, she's probably prayed the generations to... Mm -hmm you know, follow her to accept the Lord. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. Now, when you accepted the Lord at 14, <clears throat> do you begin to um, serve him in such a way, like maybe teaching Sunday school or handing out tracts or anything like that? Well, it was initially just reading the Word of God, Rody, yes. and just learning about God, learning uh, about Christianity, learning about theology proper, soteriology, but I didn't know those words at the time, but just salvation and uh, just learning about Christianity, learning about the Bible and getting to know God and uh, his mercy, grace and compassion for us. And uh, I would pray with my grandma and read the Bible with her and I just fell in love with the Bible and I just read it as a child. And I just I still find it fascinating and amazing just the word of God. That's a so, beautiful testimony. Yes. Now, when I met you, we were involved in ministry to Muslims. Yes. And if I recall, that was our thing that we did every Friday, mm -hmm. going to different mosques, yes. sharing Christ with the Muslims, mm -hmm. handing out Jesus films. And we started out with DVDs. Yes. But handing out Jesus tra tracks, I mean Jesus uh, DVDs, as well as the book of John mm -hmm. and the book of Romans. Yes together it all in mm -hmm. one and we actually gave up bibles too mm -hmm. and so we became fast friends because mm -hmm. we were all in this ministry together mm -hmm. mike who's behind the camera he was involved in that too now as you've walked with jesus i understand 
that you're not only witnessing to um, Muslims, but you yourself took it upon yourself to learn about Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons and Jesus-only Pentecostals and other cults. I find that fascinating. Now, when did you decide that you needed to hone in on different other religions and as you shared Christ with Muslims, you also included all of these other people. Mm -hmm. When did you start that? I can't really give you a particular time date, uh, Rodi. I just remember as a as a new Christian, you know, I would read my Bible, and I remember one day someone would knock on my door, and it would be a Jehovah Witness, and you know, I didn't know how it really answer them, but I knew something wasn't right, and it would make me dig back into the scriptures. But then I had a, a hunger to to know what they believe, and and just be able to witness to them because I knew something wasn't right. I had, you know, one of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12.10 is a gift of discernment, and God gave me that gift. So I knew something was not right. It was tainted. It wasn't right what they went ahead and said. So I went ahead to start uh, getting all the books I could. I started getting all the tapes I could. I just started reading, and then I started meeting people who were, who were older than me, involved in the ministry, I would learn from them, and then I would go out and share, you know, with the Jehovah Witnesses, and, you know, share with the, the different cults and stuff like that. Okay, wow, that's a beautiful testimony. Yeah. And I, I am so glad that I, didn't, yeah. I don't have to know all about those mm -hmm. different things, but God calls certain people like you mm -hmm. to become experts in, those, in that field. Now... Today, I'd like to concentrate on the Mormon right. religion, right. which I believe you're an expert at. Tell me and, your, and the audience what makes them not a Bible-believing, quote-unquote, church or religion, because they use the Bible, so to speak, yes. but they also have the Book of Mormons. Mm -hmm. So tell me what what makes them a cult? Right. What makes them not a Christian church or a Christian group of believers? All right. uh, first of all, I'd like to start off by saying that uh, no one cares how much you know till they see how much you care. So, uh, you know, I developed a love for the Mormon people. Uh, I played volleyball in college. I was a collegiate athlete. And I played in uh, high school, uh, and I had a, a good friend, my teammate in high school, that asked me to go ahead and uh, uh, play with play for the Mormon Church. I went ahead and played, and then I had his uh, brother talk to me. He he uh, went through the lesson plan, but I knew something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right. You know, I've read the Book of Mormon. I read the Doctrine of Covenants. I went ahead and read the Pearl Great Price. And uh, but I knew something wasn't right, so I went ahead and started doing my research. And then I started. What, and the most important is I compared their books that they have with the Bible, and I see, saw that uh, what was being, what the Book of Mormon was saying, what the Doctrine of Covenants was saying, what the Pearl Great, Great Pearl Great Price was saying, did not compare to what the Bible said. Uh, they, I learned that Mormons go ahead and they use. The same dictionary we have, but for the entries, are going to go ahead and be different. Uh, you know, Heavenly Father for them is a resurrected and exalted man who lived in another earth, and the goal of every Mormon male is to go ahead and become a god and have their own planet. So uh, there's a couplet that came from one of their prophets named Lorenzo Snow. As man is, God once was. As God is, man can become. So... The goal of every Mormon male is to go ahead and have their own planet. They want to go ahead and be resurrected, become gods, have their own planet, resurrect, have their wives and stuff like that. Wives? Yes. Plural? Yes, plural plurals. But yeah, but that's polygamy will go ahead and be in the celestial kingdom. There's three heavens that the Mormons have. They have the celestial, they have the telestial, and then the terrestrial. The celestials were where all Mormons will go ahead and be gods. Those who aren't sealed for time and eternity will go ahead and be in one of the lower uh, heavens. So uh, they believe that uh, their celestial sex, the male with his uh, male wife, so, so they have spirit babies. We, so for this plant, uh, our, our Heavenly Father, according to Mormonism, was a man on another planet. He's exalted. He has his wife in heaven. He went ahead, had spirit babies. Those spirit babies go ahead and, and leave from mother, 
from Heavenly Mother's womb. She goes ahead, those babies go ahead and come down to earth or go through a veil for forgetfulness so they won't go ahead and remember their pre-existence and then they're born into the human family and stuff. Those spirits go ahead and cohabitate within our spirit. Uh, Elohim, which is uh, Heavenly Father, according to the Mormons, he... Uh, his first two children, his first ch child was a Jesus that he went ahead and produced. In fact, uh, within like gospel principles, uh, journal discourses, uh, es the writings of Esther Taft, Taft Benson, who was one of their prophets, uh, you, you had Heavenly Father who went ahead, he, he left heaven, he went ahead, had sex with Mary to go ahead and produce a physical body. So you had Jesus, who was his first child, went ahead, left heaven, and then Jesus' uh, brother was uh, was Lucifer, who's Satan. So they're spirit brothers. So uh, so we're all related spiritually uh, to Jesus, even to Satan, because we were all were spirit babies in heaven and stuff like that. So that's their belief. Yeah, that's their belief, but not Christianity. <clears throat> okay. Historic Christianity. So um, that's a huge chasm between us. Yes. We, we are... I, I can't even imagine that they will now call themselves Christians because none of that is in the Bible. Well, the Mormons will say that that's, that's why we have additional scriptures. We, Joseph Smith went ahead had a, uh, a revelation. He, he had uh, in 1820, he had Heavenly Father. He had uh, Jesus Christ go ahead and appear to him. Supposedly, that's what Joseph Smith said. Went ahead and told him all the churches are wrong. They're an abomination. Uh, 1823, uh, an ancient prophet named Moroni went ahead. He uh, resurrected, uh, became an angel, appeared to Joseph Smith at his bedside. Uh, told him about the, uh, these ancient plates of, of uh, civilizations that were in America. And that uh, and it's a history of the civilizations, the Lamanites, Nephites. And, and then Jesus, when he died, he resurrected, he went ahead, he came back, he went ahead and appeared to these people, and so the Book of Mormon goes ahead and talks about these people and stuff like that. So they'll say that we, you just have the Bible, but we have the Book of Mormon, we have the Doctrine of Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price, and then we have a living prophet, so you only have some revelation, we have additional revelation and stuff, but we... Okay, but doesn't the Bible say in Revelation that if you add to this book... Um, isn't there a warning about adding to the scriptures? Yeah, in Revelation 22 it says not to add to scriptures or anything like that. Also, uh, in uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 1, 3, it said that God used to speak by the prophets, but in these last days he goes ahead and he speaks by his son, Jesus Christ. So we don't need more than the pro apostles or, or, or prophets. Also, uh, uh, and we, we were, uh, God gave a warning to Moses when Moses came out of the land of Egypt. He said in Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22, if a prophet comes to you and he, the prophet goes ahead and speaks in my name, but he goes ahead and speaks of other gods, or if he says something, it doesn't come to pass. He has spoken presumptuously, so don't be afraid. And then he gave another warning to uh, Moses in the book of Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. If a seer or a prophet comes to you and that seer or prophet goes ahead and speaks, but he speaks on other gods, and even if he performs a miracle, the Lord your God is testing you to see if you obey the Lord your God, but that prophet you shall go ahead and put to death. And it even says that in Deuteronomy uh, uh, 18. So we're supposed to reject anybody who comes with uh, uh, false revelation. Uh, in 1 Timothy uh, 6.16, it tells us that no one can go ahead and see God. So how was Joseph Smith able to go ahead and see God? Also, John 1.18 goes ahead and says that no one can see the face of God. So Joseph Smith couldn't have went ahead and seen God. In fact, when Joseph Smith had that, that revelation, uh, uh, where uh, he said that uh, Moroni appeared to him, he, and uh, the Pearl of Great Price, uh, he was afraid and thought that he was enveloped by, in fact, he says that he was enveloped by darkness. And, he, and it was like son spiritual, and he was afraid. And uh, he thought it was demon possession, but, you know, he went out and prayed, and he felt that it wasn't, though. But uh, any time that uh, God would speak to the, any of the Old Testament prophets or, 
or uh, even Jesus would speak to people like Paul and stuff. There was never no fear or anything like that. They were praising God. They were giving glory to God or anything like that. But we had Joseph Smith who was afraid, though. And uh, any Mormons who are, who are there, I would go ahead and challenge you on this, though. Not challenge, but uh, share this with you. Uh, just because you have a testimony, the Muslims have a testimony. I go ahead, I, I read the Quran. I don't believe it's the word of God, though. But... Uh, you have a prophet, you have a book, you pray, you go ahead and tithe, uh, you have a testimony, but the Muslims have a testimony. There's 1.6 billion Muslims, they're the fastest growing religion in the world. They go ahead, they have Muhammad as their prophet, they believe he's their prophet. They have the Quran as their book, they have Allah as their God. They go ahead and pray five times a day, they go ahead and give charity. So it, it's parallel. Uh, Joseph Smith went ahead, he had a uh, the angel Moroni go ahead to appear to him and Joseph Smith's history and Pearl Great Price. But you had uh, the Muslims, uh, uh, 1400 years before that, uh, you went ahead and had uh, uh, Muhammad, he went ahead and in Surah 96.1, he went ahead and said that the angel Jibril went ahead and appeared to him. So we have a warning that's given in Galatians 1.6 through 9. If anybody, uh, Paul said that even if we or an angel from heaven go ahead and preach another gospel, uh, or even if we go ahead and preach another gospel, don't believe it. And he, and he says a holy curse if anybody go ahead, goes ahead and preaches a different gospel. And we have the Book of Mormon, which says that it's the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. So uh, it's, it's not another testament of D Jesus Christ. The Jesus Christ of the Book of Mormon is not the Jesus Christ of, the, of, the, uh, of Nazareth, the Jesus Christ of the Bible. Okay, tell us the difference between the Jesus Christ of the Bible and the Jesus Christ of the Book of Mormon. Uh, the Jesus Christ of the Bible, uh, you had Elohim, his father, who went ahead and uh, produced him. He sired him in heaven, then uh, by having sex with one of his wives, so he's the physical son of God. And then God came down to, uh, to earth to go ahead and sire a body. He had sex with Mary to go ahead and produce a body for him. So uh, the Jesus Christ of the Bible, he was virgin born. He didn't have, uh, uh, he was... It was the Holy Spirit who went ahead and overshadowed Mary. Uh, you have the Mormons. They don't go ahead and they, they don't pray to Jesus Christ. We pray directly to Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1-2, we pray to him. Uh, John 14, we can go ahead and pray to him. Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, you have Jehovah, which is one of the names that the... As for Jesus, you can go ahead and pray directly. He says that we can pray directly to him. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. Uh, Jesus in Mormonism is the spirit brother of Lucifer, but uh, the Jesus Christ of the Bible, the historic Jesus Christ, in uh, John 1, 1, he was God from all eternity. With Mormons, you have uh, Jesus Christ having to go ahead and go through exaltation and progression to go ahead and become a God. That's Doctrine of Covenants right here. Section 132, verses 6 through 18, whereas Jesus Christ, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word went ahead, was God. And then Jesus, and then John 1, 14 says that the Word went ahead and became flesh. But Mormonism, Jesus has to go ahead and progress up and go ahead and become God. But historic Christianity in the Bible says Jesus was God. Jesus can't be the spirit brother of of of, of Lucifer, because uh, in John 1, 3, it tells you that Jesus went ahead and created all things, so all things would go ahead and include angels. In uh, Hebrews, it tells us also that uh, in Hebrews 1, 6, let all the angels go ahead and worship uh, Jesus, and that, he, and that he created all things, Hebrews 1, 8. So how could Jesus be the, the spirit brother of his own creation when he went ahead and created uh, uh, Lucifer? So there's a big difference. Uh, Mormons don't worship Jesus. We go ahead and we worship Jesus. They don't pray to Jesus. We go ahead and pray to Jesus. There's scriptures all throughout where the disciples went ahead and prayed to Jesus, where, uh, where uh, the disciples went ahead and they uh, they prayed to him. They went ahead and worshipped him. Christi historic Christianity today, uh, we go ahead we pray to Jesus. We go ahead and worship Jesus. Uh, you have it even within the Book of Mormon, 3 Nephi 19, 16 through 18, where the Nephi apostles went ahead. They, they prayed to Jesus. But when I talk to missionaries or any Mormons, they don't pray directly to Jesus. They pray through him to the Father, but they don't pray directly to him. But how can you go ahead and pray through someone when you don't address them or pray to them? So you don't know that person if you don't address them and you don't pray to them. Wow, that's yeah. a lot of information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I might even have to look that up, look at that sure. again. Right. There was so 
action-packed. I loved it. Now, there's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, and that is, <clears throat> we Christians believe that when we accept Jesus as our Savior, we each of us are saved through the blood of Jesus, but we have to ask on our own. And, like, my mother can't ask um, the Lord, I'm going to have my, all my kids are going to be Christians because I'm a Christian. My mother can't do that. Or I can't say, now all my kids are going to be Christians because I'm a Christian. They each have to make a decision on their own to come to Christ and ask Jesus to forgive them for their sins. Thus, we become children of God. But Mormons have a thing about baptizing themselves for someone else to make it to heaven. Tell me about that. All right, let me uh, go back first with your first comment. Uh, when you, it's again important that you go ahead and you know what they believe because they use our terminology, but they mean differently. When you mention about being saved as a Mormon, I would go ahead and tell you that yeah, I believe that I'm saved by trusting in Jesus Christ, and uh, you know uh, I believe in free agency coming directly to Jesus. But salvation to a Mormon, there's two types of salvation. There's general salvation for everyone, where you'll go ahead and go to one of the celestial heavens. You know, there's a there's a celestial, there's a terrestrial, terrestrial. So uh, there's so salvation means resurrection. There's general resurrection, but then there's specific uh, salvation, which means uh, exaltation and progression of Godhead, where I'll go ahead and become a God. Doctrine of Covenant, section 132, verse 16 through 18. So uh, it's real important that Mormons will go ahead and tell you that we believe that Jesus is our Savior, too, though. But uh, like I said, they have different means. Uh, for them, Jesus Christ, his atonement was not done on the cross. They believe that the atonement was done in the Garden of Gethsemane when he went ahead and said it sweat it blood, but we know through Colossians, we know Jesus when he was on the cross, he said it was finished. Uh, in Colossians 2, it says that all the, all the handwriting and everything against us was nailed at the cross. So uh, atonement didn't happen in the garden. Atonement happened on the cross when Jesus went ahead and uh, was God the mercy and compassion of God. In regards to uh, b baptism and stuff, uh, what you mentioned, uh, Mormons uh, within the three heavens, they go ahead and have spirit present spirit prison and there will be people who have never heard the gospel before so those people who have never heard the, the gospel will go ahead and be in that in that spirit prison when they go ahead and die and stuff so it's proxy so uh at the mormon temple uh they'll have a bull with this water and then they'll go ahead and there's people in spirit prison who are teaching non-mormons the mormon gospel and in spirit prison, there will be people who will go ahead and accept. So, proxy meaning that I'll do it on behalf of a relative or I'll do it on behalf of someone who's dead. I'll go ahead and uh, be baptized in order for them to go ahead and make one of the, uh, the uh, one of the heavens and stuff. So, I'm being baptized for them. So, that's what it means. So, <clears throat> in their theology, let me get this straight. In their theology, they're baptizing themselves... In proxy for somebody that's already died. Yes. And the, our Bible says that when you, you're appointed once to die, and then judgment. And, I mean, you can't come out of this death or hell because somebody's baptizing themselves for you. And then you go to one of the stages of heaven. Yeah. Well, uh, just it's pretty clear there. Uh, you quoted Hebrews nine twenty seven, and yeah, it's appointed unto man once to to die, and after that the judgment. There, there's uh, Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." Uh, there, there's a good story in Luke sixteen sixteen through uh, thirty one, where there was a rich man and there was Lazarus, and then that uh, uh, Lazarus was poor; he didn't have very much, but he trusted in God. You had uh, the rich man who had all the riches and everything. So they both went ahead and died. The rich man was going, he was carried to he to heaven. The, the uh, I'm sorry, Lazarus was carried to heaven. The rich man went ahead. He, he went to Gehenna or hell. And in there, he, uh, 
Jesus said there's a great gulf fix, so those from, from hell can't go to heaven, and those from heaven can't go to hell. So the rich man went ahead and said, uh, can Lazarus go ahead and dip in this up verbally? But he was saying, can, can Lazarus come and give me water? And Jesus said, no. Uh, and then the rich man said, can, can someone come from here and go on and warn my brothers about this place and Jesus said they have the word of God and they have the prophets and he said they won't listen to them and Jesus said if they won't listen to them then they will not listen to anybody who goes ahead who who comes from the grave to go ahead and speak so uh, the Bible is very clear there's not a second chance at salvation or anything like that everyone within their mind Romans 1 tells us knows about the existence of God and uh, God has revealed himself through creation so there's a so uh, the Mormons are gravely wrong on that, uh, what, what they go ahead and teach about that baptism for the dead. They take it out of 1 Corinthians 15, and they take that out of context. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 29, it's just saying, why do you go ahead and baptize for the dead if the dead don't aren't alive or anything? But Paul wasn't teaching a doctrine. He was actually just talking about baptism and stuff, uh, and he was talking about the, the resurrection of Christ. So that's what the context was. But the Mormons, again, take that out of context. So that's why it's important when you go ahead and talk to a Mormon or anybody, a cultist or anybody, uh, when they go ahead and have a, when they share a scripture, read below the scripture, above the scripture, read below the scripture. And when I use the term cultist, I don't mean like Jim Jones or anything like that or David Koresh. It just means the historic doctrines of Christianity, the, the Trinity, the deity of Christ, his vicarious atonement, that he, he died on the cross, his virgin birth, the Bible being the word of God. Uh, all the Christian denominations, we all go ahead and agree on that. If you have someone who claims that they're Christian and they disagree in the cardinal doctrines of, of Christianity and what the word of God has revealed to us, then they're a schism and they wouldn't be considered a, a Christian historic Christianity, and that's when I use the term cult, that's why I go ahead and mean that uh, they don't adhere to what the Bible goes ahead and says about the cardinal doctrines, and Mormonism does not do that at all, but they, like I said, uh, Rody, they go ahead and use the same terminology that we go ahead and use, They go, ahead, but they have different meanings for who Jesus is, who God is, uh, salvation, so it's important to be real clarified, to clarify terms when you go ahead and talk to the Mormons. Yeah, because they use our terminology now, and they, they didn't used to before. Is that right? No, they uh, they always used the same terminology, but the Mormons at one time spoke highly against historic Christianity. They believed that Joseph Smith went ahead and restored the gospel. The gospel was lost when the disciples went ahead and died. Uh, the churches went into darkness and everything, and, and so Joseph Smith went ahead and restored the church. So, But we know that's not true because we have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you read in Acts 16.5 where Paul, I mean, Peter went ahead and preached and 3,000 people came to the Lord. Many people were coming to God and stuff. And God always went ahead and had people who went ahead and preached. So Joseph Smith wasn't true with that. But the, the, uh, within uh, jo within the Pearl Great Price, uh, uh, 119, about 1819, uh, uh, the scripture there, it, Joseph Smith gives a testimony saying that historic Christianity uh, went in the darkness. Uh, it, uh, their, their pastors and preachers are abomination. Uh, at First Nephi 14, 9 through 10 in the Book of Mormon, it mentions a... a Nephi, their, their prophet, mentions the church of the Lamb. It goes ahead and mentions the church of the devil. Well, naturally, you know who the church of the Lamb is going to be. It's going to go ahead and be Mormonism, and the church of the devil is going to go ahead and be uh, historic Christianity. And you had their early uh, patriarchs, or early apostles, early prophets that really had to really stress that, though, that Christianity was from Satan and everything. Now the Mormon churches went completely around trying to be accepted and saying that we're just another branch of Christianity, and they tried befriending uh, different churches and having like church fellowships and stuff, and trying to go ahead and pretend like they're sheep. But we know that in Matthew seven fifteen, Jesus said, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing." And the Mormon Church is one of the are 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 wolves who come in sheep's clothing and stuff. That is so beautifully said. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about is. Um, plural marriages in heaven. They they believe that you will be married in heaven. 
And doesn't the Bible say that we're the bride and and God is the groom? Yes. Uh, polygamy, when they were married in still for time and eternity, the Mormon, once, he, once they're in the temple, they get sealed. Uh, when he resurrects, he'll resurrect his wife. He'll lift her veil up and lift her up out of the grave. But then he has the opportunity to go ahead and have other wives. So here on earth in 1890, they went ahead and, in order to go ahead and be accepted into, uh, into the United States, Utah. They went ahead and I believe it was Wilford, Wilford, Wilford Woodruff went ahead and banned uh, plural marriages. Plural marriages, but it's still done. But now it's, it's it's in heaven. So when a Mormon male is married here, he only has one wife. But then they have many wives. Uh, uh, Jesus, uh, you had the disciples in the uh, the gospel accounts. Uh, uh, they recorded that uh, one of the uh, the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, "What happens if a man goes ahead? He's married, and then his wife goes ahead, and uh, her, her husband dies, and then he marries her brother, and then that brother dies, and then he marries another brother, and then that brother dies, and then she marries another brother. Well, who will who be is the heavenly husband? Yes, who will go ahead and be the heaven? And Jesus said, "You're you're confused. You don't go ahead and know the word of God or what God says. It says it will be like angels in the sense that we won't go ahead. There won't be marriage or anything like." that though but uh, the Bible talks about us being the bride and the bride will go ahead and be as you mentioned will be the historical will be all the Christians and stuff and and uh, Jesus will go ahead and be the groom and everything like that so it will be a unity with all of us you know with Jesus so uh, the Mormons are wrong when they go ahead and teach e e eternal marriage and everything like that but you know uh, they stress family values but there's a twist to it where it deals with exaltation and progression of Godhead. The only way that you can become a God is that you have to be married and you have to be sealed in the temple. So, you know, it ties in with that doctrine too. Okay. Now, if I remember correctly, I'll just say this. My brother, who's passed away and is in heaven right now because he gave his Amen. heart to the Lord, but he went to Utah State. Right. And I remember when he went there, he was really upset because the black the black football players had to stay in a different dorm on a, like on a different floor and everyone else got to be on this other floor so and they weren't allowed to mingle and it was the first time my you know my brother coming from Hawaii realized that there was segregation going on within this college now, I do know that years ago, um, the Mormons never reached out to the blacks. Mm -hmm. Tell me what's changed and why that was changed. Sure. Uh, you had uh, mainly Joseph Smith, but mainly Brigham Young. Uh, uh, the Mormon church taught that uh, blacks weren't worthy to go ahead and have, hold the priesthood. They still hold to this though, is that there was a great war that happened in heaven. Uh, you had a council of gods that went ahead and got together. The council of gods were determining whether uh, man should have free agency or not. You had uh, Jesus presented that everyone should have free agency. You should decide whether you want to become a god or not. Satan went ahead and came with his plan, according to Mormonism, that forced everyone to become god. So a big war went ahead and happened. The war with the spirits went ahead and happened. There were spirits that went ahead and fought violently. Those spirits that went ahead and fought violently, violently were... Uh, Are you saying violently vi I'm sorry. Valiantly. Violently, yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Okay. So, you know, they fought with honor and nobility and everything yeah. like that. Uh... They were blessed with becoming white and delightsome, as a, the Book of Mormon said. Uh, I think that's Second uh, Nephi 30, verse 6. But there were other spirits who didn't fight with nobility and with, uh, with honor, and they were cursed with black skins. The Mormon, Mormonism still believes that. Uh, and then when you're born to families... Uh, there's, you know, you have the, the black spirits that come into uh, black families. You have the white spirits that come into uh, uh, white uh, Caucasian people. Uh, so, but it also ties in with the priesthood. Uh, you, you couldn't have the priesthood if you couldn't become, uh, if you can't 
have the priesthood, then you can't, that's like one of the honors that all the males had, but they denied blacks having that because they believed that black skin was a curse from God going back to the pre-existence. But, you know, that's no place in the Bible at all, though. When I read the Bible, uh, in fact, when I was in college, I had some professors that went ahead and they were teaching about white being cursed. But, uh, and they were black nationalists, but when I went ahead and read the Bible and my grandma being that influence, I went ahead and seeing that the, the God of the Bible doesn't look at race. The God of the Bible goes ahead, he looks at grace. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the only color that counts, that the, the gospel counts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, they weren't black gospels, they weren't white gospels, they weren't yellow gospels, they weren't brown gospels, they were love gospels. Uh, Jesus Christ, uh, he said to go to all the nations, and the Greek word is ethnos, go to everyone. Jesus uh, said, uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. So the who, whoever is all of us. So uh, Jesus Christ, Christ belongs to everyone. So the Mormon church is wrong on that. Uh, they Now in 1978, because uh, they were being pressured and stuff, the Mormon church of uh, Spencer W. Kimball went ahead and said that he had a revelation, I believe it was Spencer W. Kimball, that all people can go ahead and have the priesthood. So there were people who at one time that weren't honorable who are now, I think that's in Doctrine and Covenants section 138, that all worthy people can go ahead and have the priesthood now. So uh, they went ahead and took that ban away, though. But, uh, you know, it was under pressure, like, from uh, the NCAA. N- uh, yeah, yes, thank you. National Advancement for, of Colored People and uh, other black civil rights groups who were, who were fighting the Mormon church and that. And you had universities who went ahead and refused to go ahead and... Uh, play sports with Mormonism because of the Ovid uh, racism and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. Now, I, I, I also find it interesting that they, they, I don't know if it's in their doctrine or what it is, but they're storing <coughs> up food. Tell me why they're doing that. Uh... I don't know if it's in the uh, in the Book of Mormon, but I know that uh, uh, Mormons are taught to go ahead and store up food because uh, they believe that when the end times comes, that the that the Constitution will be barely held up. There will be anarchy and chaos, and that they have food stored up in case that happens and stuff like that but the mormon church will go ahead and come and save the constitution go ahead and uh, uh rebuild this country back and stuff like that so it, it ties in with the end times and stuff like that saving up water saving up food and stuff like that okay well it might be prudent to save a little bit of food because let's face it we you know we've had some rioting yes. recently and things mm-hmm. like that but they're specifically saying their doctrine is asking them to, yes. to save up food. Yes, and at the tide, I think it's a large sum of money. I think it's 25%, if I'm right, uh, that they go ahead and tie to their church and stuff. And if you're a faithful uh, Mormon, if you ever have hard times or anything like that, uh, they'll go ahead and uh, they'll help you with your bills and you know they'll help you with your house note and everything like that. I so. think one of the things that makes Mormonism attractive, without going into their doctrine... <clears throat> yeah is their family values and family nights and everything is about family. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would go ahead and say, I mean, there's nothing wrong with family values. That's very important, you know, they have family values. But, you know, it's going to be tied in with their doctrines, though, too, that, you know, you want to go ahead and have uh, many children. And the reason that you want to have many children is because there's spirits in heaven who are waiting to go ahead and come down and uh, go ahead and, go into those bodies, so it ties in with their doctrines though also, but uh, there's nothing wrong with family values, and you know, and they have family home evening, I went ahead and I attended family home evening, uh, you know, my friends today, I have friends who are Mormons, and they're very nice and stuff, and uh, I've talked to them and shared the, the true gospel of Christ with them, and we remain friends, we might disagree though, but I know that truth goes ahead and stands up to error, and truth goes ahead and exposes error. Exactly, yes. exactly. Now, um, I also know, and I don't know a whole lot about Mormonism, I'm sorry to say, but they 
they wear different clothing under their clothes. Mm -hmm. And is there something to that? Yeah, they'll have uh, like sacred uh, undergarments that they'll wear. The men will wear undergarments, and that dates back to the time of Joseph Smith. And uh, I think it's in regards to when you get sealed in the temple, and it's supposed to go ahead and protect you. And they have Masonic symbols and stuff like that. So they, they, they wear that like for like spiritual protection and stuff like that. Yes. Okay. So it's real sacred, and the Mormons really don't like talking about something like that. But yeah. Okay. So, so um, now, what would you say to the novice person out there that may not know enough about Mormonism to know that there's a difference? And you uh, pointed out the difference. Yeah, I, I would go ahead and tell you this. As, as I said before, uh, no one cares how much you know till they see how much you care. So uh, I want the Mormons to go ahead and see that I love them. Uh, I care about them. and But you uh, want to give them a full dose of the truth. Yeah, I want to give them the full dose of the truth. But I want to share with them. And uh, there's a different ways of sharing with them, uh, you know, uh, as far as Jesus Christ, you know, uh, I like for them to look at the scripture and I'll ask some questions. What do you believe about Jesus? After they tell me, I said, do you pray to Jesus? And they'll tell me we pray through him. And I said, no, do you pray directly to him? And then I like to have them use their Bible and then go ahead and show them the scriptures like in uh, John 14. I think it's John 14, 14, uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 through uh, 13 is good. And show them that you can go ahead and pray directly to Jesus. And then uh, have them look at uh, uh, John uh, 1, 3, where Jesus created all things. So how could he be his be uh the spirit but of his own creation. I've had Mormon missionaries tell me, well, hey, we have the same Jesus. You just see one side of him. We see the other side of him. But I tell them, no, 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 that's not what the scriptures say. In 2 Corinthians 11, 3 through 4, it says, just as Eve was deceived by the simplicity of Satan, so may your minds be deceived. If someone comes and teaches a different Jesus, it comes with a, a different gospel and a different spirit, you might well put up with it. And and the, the Jesus of the Book of Mormon is not the Jesus of historic Christianity. There are two different Jesus. So uh, just sharing who Jesus is, uh, letting the Mormons look at, letting the Mormons see about uh, Jesus dying on the cross and that atonement was done there. Uh, Jesus uh, can't be the spirit brother of Lucifer. Uh, I like to share that with the Mormons, and I talk to them about it. And... and uh, uh, and that you can pray to Jesus, and you can have uh, that your sins can be completely forgiven, and that you can trust in Jesus. It's not your work. It's not. It's not you trusting in yourself, and then trusting in Jesus. It's all of Jesus. That was beautifully said. Beautifully said, and I love the scriptures that you use right. on, on them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, um, if you were to speak to a Mormon out there. Mm -hmm that this might have touched their heart, mm -hmm. the words that you've just spoken, <clears throat> mm -hmm. and made it clear why the Bible is so completely different than their Book of Mormons. Speak to that person that sure. might be on the fence, Alrighty. the Mormon person, right. and just look straight into the camera and let the Holy Spirit speak through you and say the words that you need yeah. to say to them. All right. Uh, if you're a Mormon missionary or if you're just a Mormon, uh, first of all, I wanted to tell you that I love you. And I'm not here to go ahead and uh, tear down your faith or anything like that, though. But, uh, you know, uh, I see what the Book of Mormon says, the Doctrine of Covenants and the Pro Great Price. But it's not teaching what the Bible goes ahead and teaches about Jesus. I would go ahead and tell you to read the scriptures as a child. Go ahead and start with the Gospel of John and read it all the way through. Go ahead and pray the Heavenly Father for Him to go ahead and lead you. And I'd like to go ahead and share something that I shared one time when I went to a Mormon ward. I went ahead, there was probably about 15 to 20 missionaries, and I went with some friends. We went in, and they were showing us the church. I guess the missionaries were there, and the bishop was, was just talking to them about, uh, about their missions and how everything was going. But I was able to share this story, and I'll share this story with you. Um, there was a king, and the king was noble, he was just, and he was fair. But on one hand, 
all the laws had to go ahead and be followed. And on the other hand, he was compassionate and merciful. And there was all types of people in his kingdom. There was white, there was black, there was brown, there was yellow, there was all people. And everyone loved the king and the king loved them. But the king, all of his laws had to be followed. And there was a mercy, but yet he was compassionate. So what happened one day, there was a famine in the land. There wasn't a lot of food in the land. So the king was being fair. He was giving out food, a little bit of food, a little bit of food. Well, someone came in one day and they went ahead and took half the food. The king was so upset that someone took the, half the food. He told his police officers and detectives, go out and find that person. And when you find that person, I want them tied to the whipping pole. So his men went out. They're really, they're looking, they're looking all over the kingdom for this culprit, for this criminal who went ahead and took half of the food and broke the king's laws. And then after a month, they told the king, we don't know who did it. So I'd like to end with this. Um, if you would like to accept Jesus as your savior and ask for forgiveness of your sins, because Jesus, as he said, died for your sins. The Lord will wipe the slate clean because he already took the punishment on the cross. And I'd like for you to say the simple prayer. There's no magic in it. It's just a prayer asking the Lord to forgive you, recognizing that Jesus is the only one that died for your sins. And today, you can have the assurance of heaven by asking the Lord to forgive you asking the Lord to be the Lord of your life, that on the third day he rose from the dead, on 40 days later he ascended into heaven, and this is the Jesus that you want to follow. Not the Jesus of any other book, be it the Book of Mormons or the Quran, but Jesus of the Bible, born of a virgin, died for your sins. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.